Welcome to Into Theology. We are looking at Thomas's Summa, and we are in question 27, article 4, about the uh, procession of the will, which is ending up, it'll end up being love and the Holy Spirit. And then we'll hopefully talk a little bit about uh, question 28, which is on the relations. I mean, we thought last time we were going to record, we were going to do questions 27, 28, and 29, and we didn't even finish 27. So right. let's see how it goes. Now, I've discovered something. Okay. Um, la last recording, um, I wore the same shirt, and uh, I'm embarrassed by this. And I'm more embarrassed by the fact that you didn't wear the same shirt, and you wore that one. Well, I uh, I like to be cozy, and this is my <laughs> grandfather's sweater, so it's very, very nice. You know, I'll, I will say, you kind of look like, it looks like one of those shirts that would be like an old Italian mobster, you know, would have. like That's the look I'm going like for. Like a gelato place or something like that, and like. Most I powerful definitely man in the in the in the crime family, and he's wearing a cool sweater like that. So I actually like it. I think it's kind of kind of kind of. I do like gelato. You can dress it up too. It's just uh, if you have like a jacket over top of it, but it's it's also just this kind of whatever sweater. However, yeah. I would like uh, to talk about the procession of love, having just recently spoken about the procession of the intellect or the procession right. of the will, rather, yeah. which is love. So should this, we recap? Should we recap just what was said in the in uh, yeah. twenty seven? Just to kind of. I think for, I'll say something then you can follow up with what you're looking at. So I think big picture, because we're created in God's image and there's an analogy between us as image bearers and God, an analogy of proportion, we're able to say that there's something like a, um, a an analogous way to talk about the psychology of God, an analogous way, not like a straightforward way. So in God, it makes sense that there is a procession of intellect and will, intellect being reason whatever thought choosing and that's so far been the the son of god because john the apostle in john chapter one calls uh the son the logos the reason of god so he's following the biblical language there's also biblical language that ties the holy spirit to love and love is tied to the will because you love is essentially willing the good of someone or something as defined by aquinas at least so he thinks that it's a good idea just to conceptualize um, the revelation of God in Scripture, to think about the the Son as proceeding according to um, the mode of intellect, and the Spirit proceeding according to the mode of will, one being the the Word, and one being the love of God. Although he believes in the simplicity of God, so God is all things at once. Yeah, that, so that you could, can make you can make those sorts of distinctions but doing it in such a way that you're not violating his simplicity or something like that. But, yes. Um, and that's the analogous language. It's not one-to-one -one the same, which is, uh, what is that? Univocal language. Yeah. But it also doesn't tell you, it, it says more than nothing, which is equivocal language. So yep. he's trying to say, yeah, you got to be restrained by what you can say about God, but there's a, there's a certain analogy, maybe an analogy of proportion that we're finiting is infinite, but there's something about the created world that gives us analogous Analogous? Whatever that word is. Analogies, yeah. anyways. Well, analogous, yeah. Where we can um, talk about God because the Bible does that. The Bible reveals God in human ways so that we can understand God. So it's not yeah, like this. Is... Is like God, God saying in the Old Testament, come let us reason together, right? Yeah. So obviously God has some sort of capacity for reason, like reasoning. And same when we talk about God's will. God has will in, in Desires, these sort of chooses. So this is... He, he's following the biblical language and he's just doing his best to say that 
look, when we just in the created order, you can you can choose stuff and you can think about stuff. In God, it's obvious the Bible says he thinks about stuff and, and thinks about stuff and chooses stuff or yeah. does stuff. So there's there's a and way those, for those us to would understand. be considered like to think or to will our powers or faculties. So we would ascribe those to God in that kind of yeah. analogous way. And it, and yeah. it's also assuming like a, a, a common way to just talk in his day. Everyone yeah. talked about, well, the, the thinking stuff is the intellect. The doing stuff is the will. We, we still say that. We talk about willpower or intellectual work. Like we still have that language today. It is sort of common sense. But I think even for him, it's even a bit more common. Like there was a, a more agreed upon assumption yeah. that this is just how things are. Where today, it's a little less agreed upon. Yeah. What I think is really cool, though, is uh, as we finished last time, we talked about this art at the end of Article 3. There is a certain order in how the will and intellect work. Yeah. So you can't love what you don't know. And this is partly a explanation for why the spirit proceeds through this uh, from the father through the through the son. So from so from God through the the act of intellect, then to the act of what you love and through the will. Yeah. But what that's interesting to me, and I never noticed this until today, or maybe I did, but it kind of just re-peaked it. In Article Four, at the very, very end of his on the contrary, the last paragraph, he says, What so what proceeds in God by way of love does not proceed as begotten or a son but proceeds rather as spirit. And here's what I never noticed. The the name spirit, according to Aquinas, I never noticed this before, ha ties actually into the procession of will, just as the name um, uh, son does to, to begottenness. Because son is pretty obvious, right? And then he explains, so spirit, which name expresses a certain vital movement and impulse, according as anyone is described as moved or impelled by love to perform an action. And actually, we talk like this. Right? It's a spirited thing, or you know, like we have yeah. this kind of language where spirit is is often is colloquially tied to uh, an impulse or something like that. Yeah, hey, you think about it. If you, yeah. like, if you think of a synonym for spirit, something like breath. Right. Like you can't you can't live if you don't breathe. You know, breath of life that's breathed into Adam. Right. And so yeah, he's talking about it as like this vital movement and movement. You think in terms of will. And so then that makes sense, right? That even yeah, the language of the language of spirit relates to will, and so it just it just fits, you know. Yeah, it, and I never, I just, I just for whatever reason, I never noticed that when I read it last time. And and actually, I've never, to be honest, I never thought that closely about the name spirit, how that ties to well, of course, the son, but the I don't know why the spirit. I never thought as deeply, at least in terms of the will connection. Um. So that's interesting. But I mean, also the Bible kind of speaks this way. Like, so you cited Genesis 2, 7, which says that God um, breathed into the man and he became a living being. So an animated spirit. Yeah. Um, but actually, I mean, it's all over the Bible, but Job has this. But even in Ecclesiastes, there's, what is the word again? Um, okay, so this is, this is in chapter 12. And it's all, in the, it's all about death. The silver cord is snapped. It's all about dying. So that's the context. And then and then verse 7 in chapter 12 says, And the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Interesting. Yeah. So um, oh, look at that distinction there. Yeah, yeah. Body it's, and soul. Well, just like Jesus says, don't fear the one who can destroy your, your body, yeah. but the one who can body and soul. Paul is the, the inner and outer man. Uh, Romans 7, the sarks versus the noose, the, the flesh versus the mind. But it was interesting to me, uh, Job has this kind of stuff too, if memory serves. The whole Ecclesiastes passage is interesting because it goes back to Genesis 2, whether it's cited or just collective memory. 
And um, there you have this clump of dirt, matter, animated by the breath of the spirit of God, the breath of God. And then it becomes animated. And so the word anim animated comes from um, is it animus, right? Spirit. Anima. Anima. Or whatever. Yeah. You always um, have to make sure you say anima, not with an E sound. Mm, anima. Yeah. Which is a, a word for spirit or, or soul or whatever. Um, that's how we're animated. And then when we die, according to Solomon in Ecclesiastes 12, our body goes to dust and our spirit returns to God. So and, going, and so the spirit there is still living. Hence yes, the back spirit is still the living. It's the vital active, movement. Yeah, it's the vital. Yeah, the good point. It's a vital it's movement. Valid. It's like where, where's where's Paul before he gets his resurrection body? Well, he's with God doing stuff. Yeah. So I, I do think that the um the tie-in works. I think the tie-in between father and son and generation is so obvious because the generator to beget is the old-fashioned word for child, not quite childbirth, but the idea of childbirth from father to son. Yeah. We don't have an English cognate, maybe sire, but that sounds a little bit <laughs> awkward. Uh, I don't want to say the father sired the son. This sounds a little bit weird, uh, but um, that's that. But then what's the sort of way to understand the, the will, spirit? Yeah, I think there's something to it. The vital yeah. movement. So I yeah, thought so that he, was cool. Well, and so like 20, 27, he's just like, he's he's jumping in with processions as we saw. Uh, first addressing the question of whether there's processions in God, which he will under article one uh, establish that there is um, that, that a procession can be called a generation it's article two, right? So that's going to be in reference to the generation of the sun. And so he, we went through that explained why third article, <clears throat> um, can there be another procession in God? If we've already got one, which is the procession of the sun or generation of the sun. Uh, and so he's going to argue, yes, you can. Um, some will challenge the idea, maybe there can only be one, or maybe there can be more than two. And, uh, and so he's going to argue, nope, there's only two processions in God. They correspond to intellect and will. Uh, the one procession that corresponds to the intellect is the procession of the word. The one that corresponds to the, to the will is the procession of the spirit, which he calls procession of love. And, uh, and then that moves us into article four whether this procession of love is called a generation. And this gets a little weird here because he sounds like he's saying yes and no. Hmm. You know, he's like, you can't, he says, um, in his on the contrary to, to number four, he says, uh, um, where are we here? Uh, maybe we want the I answer that. Sorry, the procession of love in God ought not to be called generation. So he's speaking of the procession of the spirit here. And he's saying the procession of the spirit is not a procession of generation. That's only to the son because he's a son and sons are, you know, generated by way of siring. <laughs> um, <laughs> now you're never, you're going to use that. Forever I'll think about it all the time. Oh, by the way, uh, is it Genesis? I think one 27 or 28, this is be fruitful, multiply. Do you know what the yeah. active verb of be fruitful is, which it is in Hebrew. It's an active verb. Fructify. Oh yeah, there you we, go. We translate it passively as be fruitful, but if we wanted to be literal, we'd say fructify and multiply. <laughs> so next time you're preaching to youth, get married, fructify, multiply. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, so we people are, are going to learn a lot of things from this podcast. I'm sure of it. This is great. So he says um, the proof of this, right? Uh, he says, in evidence whereof we must consider that the intellect and will differ in this respect. So this is what he's going to say. This is why you cannot call uh, the procession of the spirit a generation. 
He says that in the intellect is made act uh, that the sorry the that the intellect. Sorry, can you, is where made are you reading? I'm just, I'm oh, sorry, um, I'm in the um, I answer four? that uh, for number four. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So he says, uh, so in evidence of the fact of why we can't call this procession a generation, he says the intellect and the will differ in this respect. The intellect is made actual by the object understood residing according to its own likeness in the intellect. (laughs) So he's doing some epistemology here, right? And he's basically saying that your intellect is actualized by the thing that is understood by it. Whereas the will is made actual, not by any similitude of the object willed within it, but by it's having a certain inclination to the thing willed. So you could almost say it's like the, the intellect is actualized by something in, 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 in a, like a kind of a knowledge of itself. And uh, the will, where does, he, where does he say it? Is made actual, not by the similitude of the object willed, but its inclination to it. And you've got to keep in mind, we're talking about God, the three persons. So it's all interior, add, add intra to God here. And when, says, you're saying, pers- when you're saying put into act or actualize, since God is pure actuality, these um, the intellect and will are always actual. They're always yeah, act. eternally. They're, they're not. God's eternally begetting, eternally spirating. Yeah, it's the the life of God is life. When Jesus says, "I'm I am life," or God says, "I'm life," or whatever, He's truly life. He's abundant life, always giving life in yeah. in Himself. Um, so he says, thus the procession of the intellect is by way of similitude and is called generation because every generator begets its own like. Um, so this would be in, in, in application to the father, to the son then, right? So um, how does this work? Um, so, so, so he explains actually this uh, in objection uh, to... So I think what he's saying is, look, it's the analogy is easier with the father and son because the the object known is the son. And then in God, there's already that phantasm. But when it comes to will, it's tougher. What you really know is that there's an impulse of love in the origin of love. And so it's that that preceding love that comes out of the father is the, is the analogy being drawn. So I think it's in reply to objection two. he explains this. He says, likeness belongs in a different way to the word to the word and to love. It belongs to the word as being the likeness of the thing understood as a thing generated is the likeness of the generator. So, but it belongs to love, not as though love itself were a likeness, but because likeness is the principle of loving. Thus, it does not fall that love is begotten, but that the one begotten is the principle of love, which is why um uh, I think later on, I think it's Gil Emery reading Aquinas anyways, or, or Aquinas, says that the love analogy is a bit tougher, but the way to make it work for the son to be included in the, the name of love is to talk about there being a certain imprint of the object love, of, of, of the inclination of love in the lover. And that imprint would be the, the, the object love, which is the son. But it's a bit trickier. So that's why I think he's... Well, I'm gonna, I wanted to read this because I, I, I kept getting caught up on the language here that he uses of... Um, you know, the idea that like something that's generated, uh, what does he say here, uh, is in evidence of the fact the intellect and the will differ. Intellect is made actual by the object understood residing according to its own likeness in the intellect. So that's like when we say, think, man, the sun's getting bright here. So when we say like, I have this, I know this cup and it, the cup is in my intellect, but it's not physically in my intellect. It's, it's, it's an, it, the idea of the cup or the form of the cup enters into my intellect. So I have a real knowledge of it. 
And so he's likening it in that similar sense, right? I think Whereas so. Like for, for then, for, but when you love something, right? So the, the which is a faculty of the will, you live, love something that's exterior to you. It doesn't come in you. Right. Your love is outward focused, right? To the other. Um, so I'm going to use uh, Thomas Joseph White's um, book on the Trinity because he comments on this part. Um, and this was a little bit more helpful for me. So I was like, what the heck's he talking about? You're saying said, my explanation wasn't as helpful no, as good. Thomas yours Joseph is White. Is, is I mean, like, I'm just, I think everyone knows that I'm a, a superior thinker to Thomas Joseph White. I just thought that was assumed by better, now. He's a better banjo player than you. Yeah, so, so I, I'm i joking because I think he's an exceptional thinker. That I, Oh, he's genius. <laughs> yeah, and, this, and, and such a clear writer too. So if, if you, if somebody happens to have his book, The Trinity, um, on page 420, um, he notes on this on article four, he says Aquinas explains on the basis of the psychological analogy that we were just talking about, why the procession of the Holy Spirit is not called generation. And he says the intellect he observes works by way of assimilation. When we know something rightly, we bring it into ourselves, albeit in a conceptual hmm. mode, which is what I just said about the cup. Love, however, operates not by a mode of assimilation like the intellect, but by mode of inclination. In other words, we do not bring another person whom we love into ourselves when we love him or her. Rather, because we know the person, right? So the, the knowledge is prior. We begin to love that person. And in loving someone who is genuinely good, we are drawn to him or her. Our love for another person is not assimilative, but <laughs> I love this term, rationally ecstatic. Uh, as it, that's, that's what you need to say to your wife next. I'm right, you know, honey, I am rationally ecstatic over you. I'm going to try it tonight. Uh, we'll play how it goes next week. Yeah. So he says, our love for another person is not assimilative, but rationally ecstatic as it draws us toward the other in friendship. The goodness of the other Aquinas notes makes an impression or impressio upon our wills, which is what you just said. The Holy Spirit is not generated as a concept is generated by the mind, an inward word, which would be the person of the son. Rather, the spirit is spirated. A love proceeds from the lover to the beloved. Thus, because this procession does not terminate in a kind of intellectual conception, it is for that reason that it is not an act of generation, but an act of love. And then he'll say, uh, we should note that Aquinas' argument presupposes that the persons in God act in virtue of the divine nature, as we argued in the last chapter. This means that when the Father generates the Son, he does so as the fruit, uh-oh, fructify, Ooh. of his eternal self-knowledge and love. So the, the generation of the Son is the fruit of that, in, that eternal self-knowledge and love. And the same is true of the spiration of the Spirit from the Father and the Son. The Father eternally knows and loves himself in the simplicity and perfection of his pure actuality. And in so doing, he eternally generates the word as the fruit of his self-understanding. So his own self-understanding generates the, 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 the son, right? Um, you can see the correspondence even between the relation between a, a husband and a wife, right? As they know each other, they generate a child, right? So there's it, actually a bit of, more to it than just knowing someone. <laughs> yes, right. I just know in the biblical sense. Uh, he said, and uh, so too, the father and the son, knowing one another fully, also love one another fully, and in so doing, spirate the spirit, who is then that that uh, that bond of love, as Augustine would say, between the father and the son. He says, the analogy that is drawn to the two processions of father of the son and the spirit, respectively, to immaterial activities of knowledge and love, stems not from distinct natural acts of divine essence, but from the distinct relations of origin. Yeah. And it's uh, worth it, noting... It makes it a, you have to keep it in mind that we're talking in, in an analogy and right. uh, from things that we know from creatures back into God, which is going to be very difficult to right. do as it is. And uh, and so it may it makes sense as we're going back and relating then 
uh, the, 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 the processions to intellect and will and God, and then working that out and seeing why it's proper then to the person of the sun and the right. person of the spirit. Yep. Yep. Cool. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. I think, you know, there's, there's also other biblical stuff like Romans five, five, which says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy spirit. So the Bible in the mission of the spirit or the economy with the spirits involved ties them to love in a way that seems to reveal something proper to the person of the Holy Spirit, yeah. which he'll, he'll probably get into in Q29. I, just, I can't remember offhand. Yeah. So this isn't just like abstracted psychological analogies. They are psychological analogies based on the revelation of God in scripture and also in the created order of things that namely that we all think and desire. It's pretty hard to deny that we think and desire like that's the two things that we do. Right. Right. Like, uh, you, and, you know, and it speaks to our proper functions, right? right. Like to think clearly and right. to, to, to desire things, to desire proper goods in right order. That's what it means to be human. And, you know, the, the form of, uh, the intellect faith is received in the form of the intellect because we receive Christ by knowing him. And then faith is perfected by love based on what we do. So that's in Galatians, for example, yeah. but it's also assumed throughout scripture. So there's, there's a pretty tight analogy. It's, it's pretty biblical. It's just, he's not in this question, getting to all those things because he's, he's going in the, in the reverse order of how revelation oh, works. Pause Boom, just pause it. Ooh. We forgot. There's we a got... parent teacher conference going on. So my wife has to pick me up. So that's good. Well, we're actually, we're, we're almost, let's just do, so the, last, let's do the last article. We didn't even get to 28. Well, we did one article. article. Let's do Article Five really quick, and then yeah, we'll just yeah. be done twenty-seven. How about? That's good. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the question article, is actually I already referenced it, um, and then um, so I mean we can dig in a little bit. He's asking the question: Are there more than two processions in God? And like already, you can get to the point where you're like, oh, I already know the answer to this without even having to read what he says, right? Because if the processions are tied, the Son, to the Spirit, and, and the Holy well, Bible, that's it. Yeah, yeah, we worship the Bible as God. Well, this isn't the Bible. The tree. I just picked this up as if Thomas was the Bible. <laughs> uh -oh. A bad statement and made it worse. <laughs> that that actually made everything worse. What is the yeah, but, uh, distinction he makes between was it Latria, which is the Oh uh, yeah. Is that in this oh, one? Somewhere. The, the worship that's due God alone. Yeah, that's um No, no that's, that's in, in that's in the second article for number twenty-eight. The adoration of Latria. But uh so we give that to the Father, Son, and Holy uh bible yeah but we're not on we're not doing second article no but it extended my joke so i just oh oh, oh, oh. that was see, worth pointing to um <laughs> sorry. sorry my my main interest is adhd jokes oh man okay but in god there are not more than two who proceed namely the son and the holy spirit this is true because the bible reveals that these are the other two persons of god it's also it's also fitting in the psychological analogies because we're we're thinkers and willers, we're knowers and desirers, knowers and doers, however you want to word that. Yeah. So there's two processions. Um, and this is this is interesting. He's going to get into this pretty soon. Why he uses the words action, but on in his in I answer that he says the divine processions can be derived only from the actions which remain within the agent, in a nature which is intellectual, which is what God is, and in the divine nature these actions are two to understand and to will, which I was just summarizing. 
For the sense, which also appears to be an operation within the one sensing, is in outside the intellectual nature. So the third sense, like the, the sensory things like sight, hearing, all that kind of stuff, that's tied to the body, body and therefore it's sense sensible. Yeah. But an intellectual nature is not sensible in yeah, the yeah, old or sense. Or even a will. Well, the will isn't sensible either because no. the will is still part of the intellect. So he's right. talking about an intellectual nature. What does an intellectual nature have? It has intelligence and will, right. and none of those are tied like like immediately like of themselves to sense perception so he says the act of sense is is outside of the intellectual nature it's in our body yeah yeah so you you'd have to say like you'd have to make some like crazy like wild argument like the church is the incarnation of you know of christ and therefore there's the you know but that doesn't make any sense right so the in an intellectual nature like god who there is will and in, in intellect in a sensible nature like us or a union of intellect and sensible nature we can have the, the senses and so on. So, so it, it makes sense. Like, it seems like he's bringing up sensation here. So he says the act of sensation, which also to be also appears to be an operation within the agent. He's right. saying it's not applying here. So he's. I think what he's doing is he's saying there could be other processions, but right. those other processions could only be found in 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 something that's sensible. Whereas this is an intellectual nature, and that means that an intellectual nature only has intellect and will. You might find some other actions or powers or whatever in the body, but God doesn't have a body. So there can only be two. That's right. Yep, I think so. So it's interesting. Again, it's, it's sort of backwards how we think, because he's we'd want to start in persons, relations, processions, but he's starting in processions, because this will make a lot more sense when you read the next two questions. Yep. Um, anything else that we need to cover? Just that I'm being blinded by the sun here. I know you were talking about the father and the son earlier. Then I thought, well, there's a lot of sun on his face right now. <laughs> um, the very end reply to objection three, God understands all things by one simple act. And by one Crazy. act also, he wills all things. Crazy. So this is divine simplicity. You might say it also there, shows in the unity of the persons, right? The unity of the persons. Hence there cannot exist in him, a procession of word from word, nor of love from love. For there is in him only one possible perfect word and one possible i'm adding the word possible one perfect love and in this is manifested his perfect fecundity perfect fecundity that's the description way, we should name this episode perfect fecundity i'm down with it fructifying, fructifying perfect fecundity, perfect fecundity. <laughs> don't say it too fast you'll get in trouble <laughs> correct uh we'll see you next time for question 28 on the eternal Hopefully. relations of origin